Are you healthy? Do you want to be healthy? And if being healthy is important to you, what do you need to eat? And it seems that what I have in front of me here would be considered very unhealthy. So we've got chocolate biscuits, all different kinds. We've got uh, snack food, we've got wine, we've got chocolate, we've got lollies, we've got lots of chocolate and lots of lollies. And one would suggest that if you came into somebody's house and they had snack food, chocolate biscuits, wine, lollies, that healthy people don't live here. So is that true? And I'll ask you a different question. Do you want to be the person who eats all the food that you love and you never restrict uh, any of the snack foods that you love if you like chocolate or lollies or biscuits or wine or anything that you love to eat? Would you like to be able to eat whatever you want, whenever you want, in the amount that you want? Or do you want to be the person who has to restrict all the things that you love to eat? And which do you prefer as a way of life? Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, I am not a fan of the diet. I'm not a fan of restricting food. I'm not a fan of can't have, mustn't have, don't have, shouldn't have. Uh, but I want to be healthy. I want to be fit. I want to be strong. I want to have a stack of energy. I want to perform at my best. I want to look good in my clothes. I want to get the results that I want from eating an exercise plan, which is what I think we should be able to demand from eating an exercise plan. And I always use those four things. Do you have a stack of energy? Do you perform at your best? Do you love what you see in the mirror? And are you getting the results that you want? And if the answer is no, then is your eating and exercise plan working? And I think it isn't. <laughs> I think that if we're going to put energy and effort and enthusiasm into eating and exercise, we should be getting the results that we want, including I want to eat food that I love and I don't want to restrict it and I don't want to go on a diet. So does that work? <laughs> What, how can you live that way? And if I could give this food philosophy, this exercise philosophy to the world in a pretty pink box and wrap it up with a pretty pink bow and say, love life, love your food, love exercise, uh, what would the world be like? If we could get rid of diets, if we could get rid of people who are uh, struggling with obesity or being overweight, if we could get rid of a headspace that feels guilty about eating food, if we could give people a relationship with food and exercise that it just becomes a normal part of their life, how would we do that? So if we start with the fundamentals, which is what is your definition of healthy? If you want to be healthy, what does that mean to you personally? Not to the rest of the world, what does that mean to you? And if we ask a doctor or if you are a medical professional, uh, this information would probably come out. Uh, low resting heart rate. So if you have a, a, a heart rate that, or a heart that beats really fast, it means that your heart could probably wear out. So you're putting too much stress on your body. So you want to have a heart rate that's low. So 50 to 60 is considered a, a pretty good resting heart rate. The doctors would suggest a healthy blood pressure, 120 on 80. That means that everything's flowing around your, your body smoothly without stress and without pressure. Uh, and 120 on 80 seems to be the, the recommended uh, healthy blood pressure. Healthy blood sugar levels, which is quite ironic considering I have in front of me some enormous amounts of sugar. But the challenge with the, with the high, high blood sugar level, uh, and you've, I'm sure you've heard it, is uh, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease. Uh, sugar needs to be either in your brain, in your liver, or in your muscles, or it needs to be burnt off. But if it's running around your bloodstream, it causes damage. 
So you need to have a, a blood sugar level that's uh, low, and that's something that the, a doctor will test for you with blood pressure. Or sorry, would blood test for you. And then low cholesterol levels. Now there's some argument about cholesterol, but the challenge is if cholesterol is clogging up your arteries so that your blood oxygen nutrients can't travel around freely through your arteries, I call them your hoses, all the things in your body that move blood, oxygen, vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, antioxidants, all through your body to all the places that it needs to go. If any of those are clogged up, you're gonna have some challenges. And uh, somebody that's healthy with blood sugar levels and cholesterol, it means that the cholesterol can't hook onto the broken hoses that high blood sugar levels, levels would cause because big glucose molecules running around in your bloodstream cause damage to your hoses, to your arteries. So if you wrap all of that up, low resting heart rate, healthy blood pressure, healthy blood sugar levels, and healthy cholesterol levels. The, the last one there that uh, might be come into the conversation if all of those aren't right. So if you have a high resting heart rate, if you've got unhealthy blood pressure, if you've got high blood sugar levels and you've got high cholesterol levels, then your weight would come into it. Your medical professional would probably say, let's weigh you and see if you are a healthy weight. Now here's my question. Can you be a overweight person uh, out of the range of what is considered to be healthy weight, normal weight range for your height? Uh, can you still be healthy? Is it possible to carry 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 kilos extra of weight but still be a healthy person? And the reason this is such an important question to me uh, is if I put all of these foods in front of most people, there's going to be a couple of things going on. Some people say, I'm going to eat them and be fat. I don't care. <laughs> Other people are going to say, I'd love to eat chocolate. I'd love to eat lollies. I'd love to drink wine. I'd love to have snack food, but I don't want to be fat. I don't want to be overweight, so I'm not going to eat them. But my challenge with that, of course, is does it affect your headspace? So if you want to eat chocolate and lollies and drink wine and, and, and eat snack food, and you can't have, mustn't have, don't have. So you're constantly fighting with yourself. I want to have, but I can't have. I wish I could have, but I can't have. Can't have, mustn't have, don't have, shouldn't have. And we then end up either hating the food because we can't have it, or we eat too much of it and we feel guilty and then we get stressed. And of course, stress is one of the biggest killers in the world. So what do we do? If we want to eat food, <laughs> have a healthy head, mentally healthy head, and a physically healthy body, uh, can we have all of them? So I'm going to ask a question again. If I could have a body that could eat whatever it wanted to uh, and in at the time that you wanted to eat it, in the amount that you wanted to eat it, and you, you were healthy, so you had all of those things normal in the healthy range, uh, would you prefer that or do you want to be the person who can't have all the foods that you love to eat? Uh, so you're on a diet or you're some kind of restricted eating plan, uh, but you're healthy, uh, which one would you prefer? And of course, that's a personal question and it requires a personal answer. But having been an exercise professional for over 40 years now, one of the interesting things I've found as an exercise professional is a lot of people link uh, food and eating. So if, I'm, if I eat healthy, then I exercise, or if I'm exercising, I eat healthy. But if I miss an exercise session, well, stuff it, I'll eat whatever I want. Or if I uh, eat something that I think is a bad food, then I'll miss my exercise session and I'll start again next Monday. And we get into that cycle of lose weight, gain weight, exercise, don't exercise. And 
Ooh, would it be really nice if, and I'm not sure we can change adults, but would it be nice if for our kids they had such a healthy relationship with food and exercise that it was a normal part of their life? So they ate when they were hungry, they stopped eating when they're full, they enjoy all foods for performance and for pleasure, and they have a healthy resting heart rate, a healthy blood pressure, healthy blood sugar levels, healthy cholesterol levels, and then the definition of what is a healthy weight. So here's one of my uh, challenges and something to consider if you are an exercise professional, a medical professional, a uh, somebody who's involved with food. Could we consider this? If I get somebody really fit and really healthy, physically and mentally, but I take food out of the equation, so we just focus on the get healthy. <laughs> Let's get your resting heart rate low. Let's get your blood pressure in a healthy range. Let's get your blood sugar levels low and into a healthy, healthy range. And let's get your cholesterol levels, particularly the LDLs, these uh, what we term as low-density lipoproteins, the bad cholesterol. Let's get that into a healthy range. Uh, what would happen to our body's ability to burn up everything that we put into it and if you could have a body that was healthy, fit, strong, even lean, uh, but you could eat whatever you wanted to, would that be good? And or I'm going to go a step further because we seem to assume that people want to be lean. We assume that people want to have low body fat percentages or ripped abdominals or tight butt cheeks or I want to see my beautiful arms. But is it possible that there are people in this world who don't care what they look like? Or they belong to a culture or an ethnic group or a headspace that says, I don't need to wear a bikini anymore, or I don't want to wear shorts and a singlet, or I don't care what my body looks like as long as it's healthy. And there are many uh, ethnic and cultural groups where food is not just uh, a yummy thing to eat, it's part of their social life, it's part of their family, it's part of the, the way they express themselves culturally is with food. And of course the challenge with food if you eat too much is that we seem to think the challenge is I'm going to get fat or I'm going to be overweight or I'm going to be obese. But what if uh, I have all of those normal uh, biomarkers for being healthy? What if my heart rate is normal resting heart rate is even low, my blood pressure is healthy, my blood sugar levels are low, my cholesterol levels are low, uh, what if then my weight was high? And I'm asking that question because several times in my career, uh, that particular scenario has arisen and it's been really interesting. So the first one is a lady called Gina. And I share this story all the time because it changed my whole headspace when it came to perception of food. Uh, Gina was five foot tall, and when I first met her, 120 kilos. So a little, short, gorgeous woman. And she used to say this. This was her expression, not mine. She said, Rowie, I'm easier to jump over than walk around. She was very short and, and, and big, 120 kilos. She's the lady that uh, decided that she was going to come to the gym. She was going to come to the health club. But it took her nine times to get there, nine times. So eight times she, and she puts it this way, I got into the car, was going to come to the gym, got back out of the car, went back and inside and ate a packet of Tim Tams. 
got into the car, started the car, got to the end of the driveway, went back home, ate another packet of Tim Tams. This is her story. Uh, this happened eight times. One time she got to the traffic lights, one time she got to the second set of traffic lights. The eighth time she came to my health club, she got to the car park and as she was getting out of the car to come into the gym, uh, there was a group of ladies that had been playing tennis, beautiful thin ladies with gorgeous legs and little tennis skirts. And that was her description, Gina's description of them, not mine. And she said, I wasn't going to go in there with those skinny little minis. I'm not going to the gym when those ladies are there. So she got back in the car, went back home and had another packet of Tim Tams. When she came to the gym finally on the ninth time, uh, one would assume that if you are 120 kilos that you'd like to lose weight. Well, that was never her goal. And when we asked her very specifically, what is your goal? What do you want to do? Her answer was, I want to be able to stand up long enough to do my ironing. She was a mum, she had kids, and a basket of ironing was a big chore because when you're 120 kilos and you've got a high resting heart rate, you've got high blood pressure, you've got high blood sugar levels, and you've got high cholesterol levels, all of that becomes very difficult. You run out of breath very easily, you have no energy, you can't perform very well. And interestingly, uh, when we looked at all of those things, she was nearly dead. <laughs> the medical professional shared with us that she would probably die of a heart attack, if not type 2 diabetes, if not all manner of other things, including cancer, because she was a very unwell woman. To cut a very long story short, we got Gina's resting heart rate down to about 55. We got her blood pressure down to 120 on 80. We got her blood sugar levels and cholesterol levels back to completely normal. And she still weighed 120 kilos. She became an exercise professional, not only an exercise professional who uh, did personal exercise coaching, but she used to teach classes, high intensity sprint classes, where she would be sprinting up and down a room, doing squat jumps, doing push-ups with the best. <laughs> and her high intensity classes in particular, one of them was on a fun day Friday evening, and it was just all blokes except for Gina. Uh, she would just get them sprinting and push-ups and jump squats and, and she would do it with them and she would beat most of them. That's how fit she got. I'm sharing that with you very personally because she taught me so much about body image and what's important and each individual person, could that be more important than I think you should lose weight? A lot of people when they go to the, go to the gym we as exercise professionals, we assume that when they come to us, they must want to lose weight. If they're overweight, they must want to lose weight. Well, in our definition of what overweight actually means, could that be different to what a medical professional says? And there, there is a healthy weight range, but there is an argument that says if I'm healthy, I've got all the biomarkers of being healthy, then does it matter if I'm overweight? And that's what happened with Gina. Now, the reason that happened, in her own beautiful words, she would say, if you don't want to look like me, don't eat like I do. <laughs> I love pizza. I love beer. I love Tim Tams. I love chocolate. I'm going to keep eating the way I love to eat, but now I'm healthy. I'm fit and I'm strong. So she turned her body not into a food-burning, calorie-burning, fat-burning machine. She turned her body into a healthy unit. She became a high-performing, healthy human being. She just didn't lose any weight because her balance, her calories in, were the same as her calories out. And one of the interesting things that she shared was, I love that I'm healthy, fit, and strong because I can eat whatever I want and I'm staying the same weight. I'm not putting on any weight. 
Just as an interesting side note, could we consider that people have different reasons, uh, different, a different purpose for exercising? Then uh, being in contact with a large group of Mara Pacifica people, so people from Tonga, Samoa, Fiji, and the beautiful Maori population in New Zealand, uh, this is a, a magnificent group of people who love food, love food. It's part of their culture, part of their social experience, part of being a family, part of celebrating life is to get together and eat massive amounts of food, which is awesome unless those massive amounts of food cause massive amounts of coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, depression, obesity, the challenges, the health challenges that often come with being overweight, eating too much food. <sighs> what about this? What if we stop focusing on, I've got to get you skinny? Is it possible that there are some ethnic groups, some cultures where being skinny is actually not acceptable, it's not attractive, people don't want to be skinny? <laughs> Is it possible that if we put together a healthy eating plan and a regular exercise plan and we get people really fit and strong, that we can get them healthy without having to be concerned about what they're eating? And this is where it becomes really exciting for me as an exercise professional. Can you imagine what it's like to have somebody in front of you and they've come to see you for the first time, you're going to be their personal exercise coach or they've joined your gym or they're coming to your class and you share with them, we're not going to care about food. We're not going to care about how much you eat. We're not going to care about when you eat. We're not going to care about whether you eat healthy food. All we're going to do is get you healthy. So we're going to get your resting heart rate low. We're going to make sure that your blood pressure is normal on a healthy range. We're going to make sure that your blood sugar levels are healthy. We're going to make sure that your our cholesterol levels are healthy. We're going to make sure that you've got a stack of energy, that you're performing at your best, that you love the way you look, not somebody else tells you how you should look. You're going to tell me how you want to look, and we're going to make sure we get you there, and then we're going to make sure that whatever the results are that you want from your eating and exercise plan, that's what you're going to get. But we're not going to talk about eating. We're just going to put eating to the side. <laughs> Keep eating whatever you want. Keep eating as much as you want. Take all the pressure and stress off the food, and let's focus on let's getting you let's get you really fit and really strong. Uh, <laughs> I'm sharing this with you because what that's done for people. Can you imagine somebody's face when you share that with them? They're coming to an exercise professional. They're coming to a personal exercise coach, expecting to be told can't have, mustn't have, shouldn't have, don't have. Got to go on a diet. Got to restrict your your calorie intake. Got to restrict your serving size. Got to stop eating all the things that you love. Can't go to KFC anymore. Have to stop drinking beer. Can't have chocolate anymore. Can't, 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 can't. The big challenge with that question, what does that cause in most people's headspace? Is it possible that telling somebody they can't have all the things that they love could be stressful? And the biggest challenge with stress, of course, is, well, there is no challenge with stress if you're sprinting and you're lifting heavy and you're dispersing cortisol, epinephrine and adrenaline, the, the movement drugs, the stress drugs. But if you don't disperse stress, if, it, if you feel guilty, if you feel stressed, if you've got, and remember stress, epinephrine, adrenaline and cortisol increases your heart rate, increases your blood sugar levels, increases your cholesterol levels so that you're ready to fight and flight. That's what stress is for, so that you can sprint or you can fight. Oh, <laughs> getting excited. 
But if you don't sprint and if you don't lift heavy or you don't fight, you now have high blood sugar levels, high cholesterol levels, high heart rate, high blood pressure, and it stays there because you're stressed. Well, I don't want to be the person that puts stress into somebody's body without getting them to sprint and without getting them to lift heavy to fight. And isn't it interesting that if I sprint and if I lift heavy and if I can fight, I get fitter, I get stronger, and after I've produced epinephrine, adrenaline, cortisol, the stress and movement drugs, my brain now fills up with dopamine, reward drug. Rowie, you're a legend. You've been exercising. You've sprinted. You've, you've beaten the stress. You are amazing. Uh, serotonin, which is a satisfaction drug. I love my life because I've done this great thing. I've sprinted or I've, I've fought the stress. Uh, endorphins are the pain-killing happy drugs to make sure that I can do the exercise or get rid of the stress by moving. And then I have brain-derived neurotropic factor, fertilizer for my brain, which gets pumped at a large amount when I sprint and when I lift heavy. Now, if I'm fertilizing my brain, so now I'm getting neurogenesis, growing new brain cells, neuroplasticity, my brain's thinking differently, is it possible that if I get fit and strong, that I'll think differently about my food? So I'm going to give you another awesome example. A young man comes to see me. His only request was, I don't want to die. My father has just died of a heart attack and my father was not very old. I don't want to die. But I don't like exercise and I don't want to change the way I eat, which is a really interesting position to be in. So I didn't want to change the way he eats either. I just wanted to get him fit and get him strong. So we did that. <laughs> uh, we, we picked the things that he loved to do. He happened to be an enormous rugby union fan. So we, we passed the ball. We kicked the ball. We just became active by doing rugby union activities. Uh, as he got fitter by kicking and jumping and, and passing the ball and then some running and some sprinting, uh, he wanted to do more exercise because he felt good. Isn't it interesting? When you exercise, when you get puffed, when you lift heavy, uh, you start feeling good, dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, brain-derived neurotropic factor. So when you feel good, you get addicted to feeling good. So you want to keep doing what makes you feel good. So he wanted to keep exercising. Because he wanted to exercise, and I always ask this question, if you're about to go and do a sprint session or a boxing session or a lifting heavy session or you're going to do bike sprints or you're going to do push-ups and jump squats, and remember, they're all 100% high-intense activity exercises, so it's only short. Uh, his workouts were maximum five minutes where we would sprint, get your breath back, sprint, sprint, get your breath back, because remember, we didn't like exercise, so we couldn't give him 30, 40 minutes of exercise, and why would we? Because if you don't like to exercise, you don't want to do it, do it for a long time. But if you do want to get fit and strong, you can't be putting in half an effort. And the longer you go, the less effort you can put in. So the shorter you exercise, the more intensely you exercise, the quicker you get a result and the quicker you get fitter and stronger. So he's doing these short, sharp exercise programs. Uh, get puff, get your breath back, get puff, get your breath back. And he wanted to do more and more because we were producing brain-derived neurotropic factor, dopamine, serotonin, endorphins. And what happened was he changed his eating. So if I share with you what he was eating, it looks a bit like what I've got in front of me, uh, except add in the 
the major takeaway drive-through buildings. So uh, McDonald's, KFC, Pizza Hut, uh, everything you can think of that's drive-through in a building that were, were part of his eating plan. Uh, inclu- including um, drive through the supermarket with a trolley, go to the frozen food section and get a whole heap of frozen meals out of the freezer section and put them in your trolley. And alcohol for him, uh, his very funny quote was, um, I don't drink during the week. Uh, and on Funday, Friday evening, or he could just call it Fridays, I have 18 bourbon and Cokes. Sorry, yes, yeah, bourbon and Cokes, I think, was his, what, he, what he drank. Uh, but I don't drink 19 because I get drunk. And he didn't drink during the week because his father was was a drinker and he thought that his father died of a, of a heart attack because he was a drinker. So he didn't drink during the week, uh, just drank on the weekends. Uh, all by himself, Matt stopped drinking. He stopped eating takeaway food. He stopped eating any form of junk food whatsoever. And he became a half marathon runner and a marathon runner and became really lean and completely turned his life around. But the original advice, the original suggestion was, let's not focus at all on your food. Let's just focus on getting you really fit and getting you really strong. Now, I made some tiny changes to his food that he didn't even really know about. So uh, I spoke to his mum, for example, about how she cooked his roast dinners. I spoke to the friend that would give him a a burger every every morning for breakfast and and a thick shake and a burger every afternoon for afternoon tea and a thick shake on. I had a chat to him about how we could make some changes to those things. But things that he really didn't even notice. Now, he did lose weight, an enormous amount of weight, and ended up as a lean, fit, healthy athlete. I'm sharing all of this with you because there are some people that want to be lean and want to be fit and want to be strong because that's how they want to live their life. There are some people that have no interest in changing their eating habits. They just want to feel better, have more energy, and perhaps look and feel better in their clothes. There are other people for religious reasons, ethnic reasons, cultural reasons. They don't care about what they look like in a bikini. There are some cultures where they only wear, for religious reasons, for cultural reasons, they only wear big clothes. They're totally covered up all of the time. They don't care about ripped abdominals or tight butt cheeks. They just want to have a stack of energy and perform at their best. And they certainly don't want to be cutting out on the foods that they love. So as an exercise professional, what does that mean for us? Because most of us, I think, have a, this is what you should eat. This is how you should exercise. This is when you should eat. This is when you should exercise. This is how much you should eat. This is how much you should exercise. And that might work great for for you. That might work great for me. I've got an opinion on what I should eat and when I should eat and how much and how often and how much exercise to do because that fits in with my lifestyle. But what I do is not going to fit in with somebody else's lifestyle. In fact, probably not anybody else's lifestyle because I have a very unique and different life, as do you, I'm sure. So as an exercise professional, should it be our responsibility to ask people what they want to do. And I'll use Dina again as the example. She didn't want to lose weight. <laughs> she was 120 kilos and she had no interest in losing weight. What she wanted to be able to do was stand up long enough to do her ironing. And we got her to the point where she could sprint up and down an exercise room at high intensity and get her heart rate up really high and she could recover in such a short period of time that she could keep up with the elite athletes and she was 120 kilos. I have Samoan and Tongan and, and Maori people in my life who are so fit and so strong and so healthy and so big. And it doesn't matter 
because their goal is not to be thin, it's not to be lean, it's not to have ripped abdominals, it's to have a stack of energy to, to perform at their best and to be the best father or mother or parent or or lover or person that they can possibly be for their family, for their business, for their sporting team, for the people that they love, but most importantly for themselves. So if we're going to talk about health, if somebody has a low resting heart rate, healthy blood pressure, healthy blood sugar levels, healthy cholesterol levels, they love what they see in their mirror, they've got a stack of energy, they're performing at their best, they're getting the results that they want what right would I have to, to come along as an exercise professional and say you should lose weight or you should do more exercise or you should stop eating chocolate? And my, my interesting point about all of this that's laid out in front of me, I'm in my kitchen and I didn't buy these for a prop. Uh, these came out of my cupboard. Our house, we always have alcohol. We always have chocolate biscuits. There's always a stack of chocolate. There's always ice cream in the freezer. There's always lollies. And people often look at me as if I'm some kind of weird person. How can you call yourself an exercise professional and have all of this stuff in your house? Well, I've got a serious question for you. Is it possible that when you put a stigma on something, when you say can't have, mustn't have, don't have, shouldn't have, it's bad for you? Uh, well, I'll use the example. If you say that to a child, don't do that, don't touch that, don't go there, don't look in that cupboard... I'll go a step further. If you say to a to a, a partner, don't look in that cupboard or don't look under there or that don't go in there or we are humans. When somebody says don't, can't, you shouldn't, it seems that we focus on it on that even more and we want to do it even more. So if we take the stigma off food and we say there are no good or bad foods, just the amount in which you eat them, what foods do you love to eat and always include them in your healthy eating plan, what foods don't you like and we're never going to include them in your healthy eating plan. So one of the things you'll never find at my house is green vegetables because I don't like them. So there's no, oh, you have to eat green vegetables. I don't want to eat green vegetables because I don't like them. I do want to drink... Uh, juice and I do want to drink water and I don't want to drink wine. My husband drinks wine. He loves it. I don't like it. So you can put as much as you want of this stuff in my house and I'm not interested in even, I don't even want to open the bottle. It can stay there forever. I'm never going to drink it. I do love snack food and I do love chocolate and I do love lollies. But if there's no, I can't have it, there's no, I have to eat the whole packet either. And that's the interesting thing about when something becomes a bad food, we open up the packet and say, well, I have to eat the whole lot. But I always use the fun example. That's probably only for foods that we think are bad foods. If you open up a, a, a box of wheat bix or a box of salt or a box of uh, rice, you don't go, I have to eat the whole packet. Because that's not a food that we think is a good or a bad food, perhaps, and maybe it is for you, I'm not sure. But ultimately, if I love something and I include it in my healthy eating plan, then maybe I'm not going to eat. I just want to eat when I'm hungry and I stop eating when I'm full. I don't... <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I get so excited when I'm doing this because I really, really want people to love their food. And if you love alcohol, should you drink it? If you eat chocolate... Should you eat it? I think so. <laughs> if you love lollies, should you include them in your healthy eating plan? Should you eat for performance and for pleasure so that you don't have any hang-ups with food? You don't become fanatical about food. You don't ever feel guilty about food and you never put yourself into that position where you're, 
I feel guilty or stressed or angry about food. No, I just eat when I'm hungry. I stop eating when I'm full. And I enjoy all the foods that I love to eat, including lollies and chocolate and biscuits and alcohol and ice cream, if that's what you love to eat. So whatever your good or bad food is, whatever you think is healthy, whatever... Uh, whatever is high energy for you, high performance for you, however you want to look in your mirror, don't, don't you have the right to have all of those things going for you? Our clients, the people that come into our life, our family, shouldn't we ask them, what do you love to eat? And let's always include that in your healthy eating plan. What don't you like to eat? And let's never include that in your, in your healthy eating plan. How much energy do you need? What is high performance to you? How do you want to look in your mirror? And what results do you want to get from your eating and exercise plan? And let's make sure that you get them rather than telling people what they can and can't do, what they should and shouldn't eat and what's good and bad food. Shouldn't we design, customize, personalize and tailor an eating and exercise plan that will suit somebody's goals and results? I want people, the people in my life to be healthy, to be fit and to be strong and to have a stack of energy to perform at their best. But they have the right to choose how they want to live their life. So I'm going to be the personal exercise coach that gives people food that they love to eat. I'm never going to recommend food that they don't love to eat. I'm going to make sure that people get the results that they want to get. How about you?